In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. New year, new start, short shows. This show is all around Jack's PFF gradings. Is that right, Jack? Yeah, so I just thought it'd be really interesting because obviously Browns fans aren't going to sit there and watch every Steelers snap and sort of be able to analyse them. So you've got PFF that does all this amazing work. So let's look at all their grades for everyone in the AFC North and see where we stand as Browns. All right, great. Uh, Jack, before we start, what did you get up to last night for New Year's Eve, mate? I watched all five Die Hard movies and then went to bed early. Mate, you're so rock and roll. I'm, I'm just, I'm so hardcore, I just don't know how to cope with it. Uh, I made a beef Wellington, had a little dinner party at my house. Very nice. It looked lovely. Uh, mate, it was actually not very good. The pastry uh, was too thick and it kind of fell apart a little bit, so... Um, how long have we got for the show, Jack? 15 to 20 minutes. How do I, my shows get 15, but yours get 15 to 20? Because I keep to my time limits, whereas you don't. If I, if I were told you 10 minutes, that it's going to be a 20-minute show. So I'll tell you 15, because then it might end within the 20 minutes. All right, Jack, let's fly through it then. Let's go. So we're just looking at all the numbers. For anyone that doesn't know how PFF works... They'll grade everyone's play purely by production. And then all the numbers come together. They're just looking at what happens. So if, if, say, a quarterback throws a ball, it goes straight in between the numbers on a defender, but they don't take that interception and they drop the ball accidentally. They're still counting that as an interception. This why, for me, it's one of the best places out there to get um, player evaluations. Um, so we're just literally going to go through position by position. And then we'll tell you how we've graded it at the end. And then we'll come out of the number on who we reckon, according to PFF, is the best team in the division. So um, straight up, let's jump in with quarterbacks. They're good rated quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield, ninth rated quarterback in the NFL. Um, Andy Dalton, 13th. Ben Roethlisberger, 16th. Joe Flacco, 22nd. Um, them other two drop into above average. Got one average rated quarterback. That is Lamar Jackson on 34th. And below average is Driscoll coming in at 36. So, uh, hey, it's not a surprise for me that Baker is the best graded quarterback this year. Mm. I'm a bit surprised that uh, Lamar Jackson is only an average one, mate. I think it's because he can't make throws. So if you were able to shut down the run against him, what, what can he do? Um, and I, I think that's going to be a question Lamar Jackson is going to face. Hopefully for him, not for us, he can go away and work on it this off-season and sort of come back as a better player. All right, great. Okay, uh, running backs? So running backs, um, Nick Chubb, number one rated running back in the entire NFL this season. Um, Mate, so if Chubb's the number one running back, okay? Yeah. What's Barkley? I'm going to guess number two, yeah? 
You're asking me stats when I haven't even prepared for it. Barkley, oh, PFS. Let, let um, me tell you, hold on, hold your horses, steady now. Question. Number no, four. Just a question. Number four. This is my question. So, if Chubb's the number one um, running back and he's a rookie, how can Barkley come over Mayfield as rookie of the year? It's a good argument, but it's, it's one of them where rookie of the year, same way with Pro Bowl, it's nothing to do with who's plays the best. Um, it never has been. So it, it, when we get to a point in the world where whoever plays the best gets these awards, that's a different game. Same way in lots of different sports. The best, the best player doesn't often win the best player of the year awards. It, it, it's just the way it is. All right, mate. I, I won't ask you more questions. Time's ticking away. Sorry. You're all right. So the other good rated quarterback is Edwards, who comes in at 10th for Baltimore. There's four, uh, sorry, five above average uh, running backs. You've got Mixon at 17, Duke Johnson at 26, Connor at 27, Bernard at 28th, and Montgomery at 40th. And then you've got two that rate average. You've got Allen at 52 and Collins at 55. So there's not that much separation between running backs once you get past the first two, but uh, there's a lot of good running backs and above average running backs um, in the AFC North. All right, great. You've only got two fullbacks that great um, rank. So the only one that ranks is Austin Charles, who played enough snaps, comes in at fifth best uh, fullback in the NFL, but that comes below average. So didn't play well according to their grading. The other one that just dropped um, below the sort of line to get a rank was Nix for Pittsburgh, but he was rated above average. So if he'd have played enough snaps to get graded, he'd be above average. But in all honesty, fullbacks, it's not a position that changes whether you win a game or not. So uh, we won't spend too much time talking about them. All right, great. What's next? Wide receivers. There's three good rated wide receivers. You've got 11th, AJ Green. 12th, Tyler Boyd. And then 14th is Juju Smith-Schuster for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they are the three good-rated um, wide receivers. Coming in, you've got six who are above average. You've got Brown, um, 25th rated for Pittsburgh. Lots of talks of him being traded. Can't see it happening, guys. He's got over 20 million um, dead cap if they were to move him. So don't get your hopes up. 33, Landry, 62, Willie Sneed at Baltimore, 65, Higgins, 68, Brown at Baltimore, 69, Switzer at Pittsburgh. You've got three rated average. You've got Crabtree at Baltimore, Callaway at Cleveland, and Moore at Baltimore. And then you've got four below average. You've got Erickson at Cincinnati, 117, Core at 118. Pittsburgh's um, James Washington at 125 and also at 125 you've got Ross at Cincinnati just for any of those out there looking at names Perryman because he didn't play enough snaps um, was still above average and didn't get a rank but it's above average so he's in that category with Landry with Higgins um, Ratley was average um, but obviously didn't get the snaps to get ranked um, and just for anyone out there if you want that graph while you're doing all this stuff Flip over to my Twitter, at Jack Duffin. We've tweeted out the graph, so you'll be able to sit there and look at it to sort of get a uh, visual understanding of where these numbers are coming from. But 
you've got three standout top wide receivers this year in our division, and they are AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, and Juju Smith-Schuster. So, um, no, and if you look at their play, they are three fantastic wide receivers. All right, great. Jump onto the tight ends. There's a lot of depth in tight ends, especially in this uh, division. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, eight that come in um, as above average. So you've got ninth Andrews for Baltimore, 17th Williams for Baltimore, 19th McDonald for Pittsburgh, 23rd Boyle for Baltimore, 27th Hurst for Baltimore. So just a quick recap there. Four of the top five tight ends in our division are all in Baltimore. Next, you've got 28th in Joku, 30th James at Pittsburgh, 33 Darren Fells. You've got one average, and that's Uzoma in Cincinnati. Um, the only um, other above average player you had was Tyler Eifert, but got injured, so didn't play enough snaps to get ranked. Um, so he's just dropped out of the mix there. But uh, there's a lot of talent, and I don't think there's not that much separating them teams. Everyone's got a good tight end. None of them are sort of worldwide game changers, but they're just solid. I reckon that we're going to uh, go for a tight end. I've got this feeling that we're going to go quite big for a uh, tight end, mate. Um, It all depends, I think, based on who's there as the offensive coordinator. If you've still got running a kitchen-style offense, rather than needing um, three tight ends and six wide receivers that you get in a standard NFL offense, I think we move to four tight ends and uh, five wide receivers if Kitchen's still there because he hasn't put that in uh, focus on getting good wide receivers. He wants the tight ends in there to block and assist the tackles. But that obviously might change because if he changes his tackles and he gets more wide receiver talent, he might move the other way. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we focus on tight end and don't focus too much on wide receiver. Um, yeah, so um, I'd be quite interested... Um, to know what's going to come up in a free agency with tight ends. So when we do that piece on tight ends free agency, it'd be quite interesting to know what's actually out there. Yeah, it's, it's a position I've not spent much time looking at because with sort of Fells in Joku, with um, DeValve, it's not a position you really naturally need much. But if you're going to focus on you want two tight ends out there for nearly every set, then actually it's worth having that extra tight end. So it's going to be interesting to see once we get that sort of coaching search nailed down, it will then impact a lot of what we do. Yeah, good, good. You can tell me how much tight end space we've got in the tight end room, cap space, and maybe we could squeeze a big powerhouse in. The, the, I, personally, when I do my numbers and my targets for different rooms, I leave a little bit, quite a little bit of space there for tight ends because I believe it's a very good place to invest in. So, right. tackles... Um, the t- uh, there's five that are above average. So you've got Villanueva at Pittsburgh's 12th, Stanley at Baltimore's 16th, Fila at Pittsburgh came in at 37th, Gilbert at Pittsburgh came in 40th, Brown at Baltimore came in 49th, and then you've got six that came in as average. You've got Hubbard, who was 51st, Glenn in Cincinnati was 63rd, Robinson was 65th, Hurst in Baltimore was 67th, um, Harrison was 70th, and Smith in Cincinnati was 70th, and then there was one below average, which was Hart in Cincinnati. But uh, that, that's another position. I think you're looking at Villanueva and Stanley in Pittsburgh and Baltimore, respectively, are very good. And then between the rest of them, there's not that much talent in there. 
It's nice that we got three tackles, mate, in the average. Yeah, um, ideally you you want to be moving over and sort of trying to get two in the above average because that will just give Baker a bit more time. Um, but no, it, how sort of Freddie Kitchens has allowed us to get away with sort of not great tackle players by having tight ends in either side or other players in just chip blocking and sort of as an extra O-lineman before they make a route and run. So uh, Freddie's found ways to sort of paper over the cracks there. Yeah. All right, great. So, was... guard... yeah, guards, we're going we're gonna to win this one, mate. This was a surprise for me because I, I, when I started doing this work, and these numbers are as of the 1st of January, when I started doing this work, I thought, yeah, 100%, we're going to be one and two when it comes to guards in the division. And I was wrong. And this was a shock. So, yonder um, comes in third for Baltimore. You've then got Batonio in fourth and Zeitler in fifth. DeCastro, 10th in Pittsburgh, and Foster, 15th for Pittsburgh. So they're the above average. In terms of average, you've got Bowling for Cincinnati in 39th, Redmond in Cincinnati, 53rd, and then one below average, that's Lewis in Baltimore in 70th. Yeah, I was a little bit, yeah, like the like same as you, I was a bit surprised there, but um, mate, we know they're great. They're great guards, mate. Yeah, and they're, they're one and two, I believe, in uh, pass-blocking efficiency, according to PFF. So, no, that, they are phenomenal. But at the end of the day, if you're moaning that, unfortunately, you've got fourth and fifth and someone's just nipped you, it's not the end of the world. Yonder is a great player, um, so taking nothing away from him. Um, so, if we flip to centre to finish it off, you've got Tretter, seventh. Um, you've got Pouncey, eighth. Uh, for Pittsburgh, then in, into the average category, you've got Hopkins, 22nd for Cincinnati, um, Skura for Baltimore, 25th, and then below average, Price is 34th. Okay. Do you think uh, we're going to keep Tretter next year? Um, I, I think Tretter stays. Um, Pete Smith spoke about giving him an extension a year early, and yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd a uh, chat with Pete about it and uh, I think it's something we could definitely go down the line of um, he's on about sort of five million um, a year for his three-year deal um, I think it's 6.25 off the top of my head next year so if you were to say add 7.5 8 million sort of a three-year deal on the end and you average it down because you're weighing in sort of next year's deal into it yeah I think it's definitely a deal you can do to keep him here for another uh, four years rather than one year Okay, great. And um, what about Corbett, man? Where do you think he's going to fit in? I just don't know. Um, it might be one of them that they go, that's where we're going to save money and we're going to move Tretter on a year early, which wouldn't surprise me if that's something they do. But I, I think they just keep Tretter as sort of your sixth O-lineman. I, I think it will then show to be a poor pick, but it's one that, yeah, it, it's happened now. Let's move on from it. And uh just keep him there as sort of a backup. And who knows, one of them could easily go down in training camp and then suddenly you've got a potentially really good player um, that can just step in and fill the gap. Yeah. All right, mate. And do you want to look at your grading for this now? So how we went about ranking it, and it was something I, I weren't quite sure how we'd do it. So what I decided to do was we look through the team. So one quarterback, one running back, one tight end, 
Um, two wide receivers, then the best of the third wide receiver or second tight end. Two tackles, two guards and a centre. And we just rank. So basically, whatever team's got the best quarterback gets four points. The second best team gets three points. Um, the third best team gets two points and the worst team gets one point. And then whoever's got the most points comes out as this person's the best. So I decided to do that. And I, here's all the numbers all together. I'm not going to go through them. Um, so starting in fourth, let's have a little drum roll, Paul. Go. So fourth on 22 points out of a possible 44 is Cincinnati. Um, not a great offense. Um, they've got that talent there. They, they won both of the wide receiver one and wide receiver two race, but they didn't win anymore. So they came in fourth. In third, you've got Baltimore with 26 points. They won the tight end race, the um, sort of wide receiver three slash tight end two race and the number one guard race. Um, then we had a tie for first, a tie. And yet again, another tie this season between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers, both with 31 points. So just to look at where the Steelers won, the Steelers were winners in the tackle one and tackle two rank. They were the only things they won. They're just solid in everything else. And then the Browns, we won in the QB race, the running back race, the second guard race, and the center race. And the interesting thing to note in terms of all 11 offensive positions, the Browns were the only team that didn't come fourth anywhere. So there is no obvious weakness, I would call it there, um, which was really interesting to note. So even though we've still got some upgrading to do, there was a lot of third places, there was no fourth place. So it's about constantly getting better and keep improving. So I think there's lots of positives to see from this. And fingers crossed, we'll be able to make it click next season. Yeah, great. And um, there's only one thing, Jack, that I'd say is that it says here, running backs, um, Steelers were um, like the, the worst one in the division, but they got Bell and they got Connor, mate. So surely that can't be uh, accurate. Well, Bell's leaving anyway. And because Bell didn't play, PFF can't grade him because he didn't produce. So Bell has zero yards this season. So we're only based on who did stuff. Um, but Connor was the fourth-rated running back. Chubb played better. Edwards played better. Mixon's played better. And then Connor's after Duke Johnson. And the thing that PFF do that we as fans just watching can't sort of get to is they're pinpointing who did well on a snap, who did bad on a snap, and things like that. And it's not just about volume. So a running back could have a 1,000-yard season, but he's had sort of, 200 rushes to do it and then you could have another running back that got a 900 yard season but did it in 100 yards rather than 200 and suddenly you're going it's not just about the headline and the fantasy points and what happened it's about they had all these snaps what did they do with it and um i think even though connor came out the gates really well struggled a bit sort of after their first six games um so didn't have that constant production mm. All right, great, mate. Good old article you put there, Matt. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought it was just an interesting piece I wanted to do. We're going to be back tomorrow with the defence. So here's just a look at the offence. Jump over to my Twitter account. Paul have probably retweeted it. It's got the chart on which will allow you to see sort of this as sort of a, a graph so you can look at it while you're 
going along. But no, we'll be back tomorrow and we'll have a chat about the defense, which there's only one high quality player in the entire division, according to PFF, and he's on the defense. So you'll have to come back tomorrow to find out who that is. All right, mate. Excellent, mate. And I think it's going to be quite interesting, mate, the division, because the Bengals are going to pick before us in the draft. But they they haven't got um, they've only got like uh, a single pick really like through the rounds. Well, we've got a few extra picks in the third and the fifth. So um, I can't see how the Bengals are going to turn it around. I'll let you into a secret of what's going to happen. They're going to pick an offensive tackle. Mark my words. I've put it in here. They're going to be spending a lot of money and a lot of resources this year fixing that offensive line. Okay. All right, good. All right, mate. Well, look, I enjoyed that. That was less than 20 minutes, so well done, mate. All right. See you tomorrow, folks. Have a good one.